It is the Chicagoverse podcast on the Dynasty Podcast Network, featuring interviews with Chicago's premier artists in industry and creatives and culture leaders. Hosted by Haima Black, welcome to Chicago. Dynasty Podcast, live from Pilsen. End of the summer. It is hot. It is muggy. We're all ready for Halloween, but we are doing the podcast tonight. Uh, and I am joined tonight by David Chang, photographer, um, also past DJ. We're going to talk about all the cool work you have done. Uh, but thanks for coming up here, man. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. This Absolutely. Is, uh, it's a pleasure. You and I met very recently, earlier this month, during Lollapalooza, because Michael Wing and the autograph guys uh, both brought us into their entourage, so to speak, as part of their outfit at Lollapalooza. You were shooting photos. I was, of course, helping with some podcast stuff. And I felt like we kind of like clicked or like got along really well there. And I was just like, this is a dude who I want to like get to know better and bring him on the podcast. So, you know, I, I think as an adult male, it's hard to be like, let's make plans. But it's very easy to be like, let's sit in front of a microphone. Yeah. So thanks for coming up, man. Just two guys hanging out. Just two guys hanging <laughs> out in front of Facebook Live in an apartment. <laughs> Nothing weird about that. <laughs> Nothing weird. Um, so... Let's start with Lollapalooza really quick, and then we're going to work back to your origin story. But you were shooting um, photos for Autograph, Chicago's own Autograph at Lollapalooza, right? I was, yeah. So me and Michael, we uh, from Autograph, we've gone way back. Um, back in my DJing days, um, we played a couple shows together. Um, have kept in contact since. Um, you know, they moved into the Autograph direction. I moved into photos, and we just recently connected. And they invited me out to shoot and become. Part of the entourage and pretty cool experience. Had you done projects with Autograph before, like no. on the foot on the photography side? No, never. Okay, so they and this is a big gig for them to invite you into, and that's how I felt because, like, you know, I have known Michael Wing a long time, um, and he and I have done a lot of projects. And sometimes I go with him to a gig or an event, and it's fun. And I'm not remotely complaining that it's like a smaller gig, but I've gone with him to a lot of smaller gigs. And when he invited me into the Lollapalooza side of things, I was like, oh, shit, man. Like, I know we've known each other forever, but this is kind of, like, legit. Did you feel like that when you got invited into, like, this Lala organization with an all-access pass? For sure. It was, you know, I've been to Lala a bunch of times right. um, just as a spectator, you know, before I even was <clears throat> shooting photos. But... It's been a few years since I've since I've gone. Just so just to see how massive they've built it out, and the artists that they're bringing on, and just the amount of production, and it's just kind it's of staggering. It, it's yeah, it it really is uh, almost overwhelming. Um, so and I know that they've been touring, and you know when you see some like you know highlights of artists while they're touring, you know it always they always highlight like the big grandiose Course. shows. So sure. For me, as an outsider, it almost felt like, oh, they do this every weekend. Like, this is no big deal for them. But for me, I'm like, oh, shit, I'm, I'm shooting Lollapalooza. And right. Like, yeah. That's like a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so you were part of Lala. I was part of Lala. And that was where we met. But bring us back. Because, I mean, I remember hearing the name regulators. But how did you first get your start in the creative industry? How did your creative identity start to happen for you? So back in, I want to say, 20. 2011, 2012, mm -hmm. um, I was introduced to a buddy of mine, Jake Johnson, who became my co-regulator, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And so for those of you who don't know, I used to be in a group called Regulators. A DJ um, group. DJ group, yeah. yeah. DJ, producing, um, and you know, we focused on a lot of like EDM and trap and made a little, little mark in Chicago, um, made a little splash here and there. Um, but yeah, so we started with Regulators, um, doing DJ, doing music. And then when that transitioned 
out and when that kind of came chapter came to a close, I was really looking for another creative outlet. One of my bigger regrets when I was DJing and when I was touring is that I always wish I had a camera with me. Right. Because um, you have access to places that, you know, you don't, nor- like, I guess normal people don't have access to, you know, seeing other, you know, big DJs and going to places you've never been. And in, like, 2011, phone cameras weren't really what they are now. Right, well, right. Like, at least you could have captured, even if it wasn't the professional DSLR version of it, still a pretty good capture of it. Exactly, yeah. DJing back then, what was that like in Chicago in that 2011 kind of like the tail end of the blog era? Like, kind of that was kind of right before or like right at the be- very beginning of like the save money wave. But it felt like for a while there was like a big EDM wave that was happening, like in the wake of like, you know, Midnight Conspiracy, Cruella, like, you know, I don't remember when Cascade got on the scene, but like there was, there was definitely like an electronic DJ wave happening in Chicago. And for a second, that felt like that was the thing happening here. That was, and I still feel like to this day, there still is that footprint, but you for know, sure. in that 2012 to 15 era, um, I mean, I was living and breathing that. I mean, even before DJing, I was going to shows, I was fully immersed and it just seemed like a natural progression to start DJing, to start, um, you know, making music, do the things I was passionate about. So it really did, you know, become like a lifestyle, felt natural and, you know, just went, went for it full steam. So. so when you decided to get out of that, was that just, you know, the inclination of like, I want to try different things or did it feel like, I am not a musician, but I've interviewed a tremendous amount of musicians yeah. and it's a hard lifestyle. That is the impression I have always gotten. I don't talk to many musicians anymore in this era who say like, well, the best part of it is everything because it's so easy and you make so much money and there's no difficult part. It seems like a very difficult lifestyle. For sure. I think for me, the hardest part to balance, and I still find struggle in balancing this in you know, photography, it's much more manageable now, but you know, working full time, um, you know, being in a relationship, trying to maintain friendships, all while trying to make it you yeah. know, as a DJ, as a producer. Um, you know, I think the people who are successful and can be successful in music or in any you know, creative you know, realm mm-hmm. are people who can put 100% into it. And I just physically wasn't able to because you know, I work full time. I, I kind of got to a point in my professional career where you know, I wasn't doing my nine to five job as well as I could because I was staying out late. I was traveling, and it's hard to juggle all those yeah. things. It really is, and it's like you can either be a full time artist and then you know feast or famine. And you know any artist, entrepreneur, creative will tell you that like, yes, yeah, sometimes you have that like great wave, and then other times you might have three months where you're just like, what am I gonna do? You know? Yeah. For so. Sure. It's, it's a rough life. And so when you started to look at photography, was that always going to be the next ship you jumped to? Or did you kind of consider other things after music? I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, the reason why I got into photography, so my, my partner who I was doing um, regulators with, he was always sick with photography and video. And he was always five steps ahead of me when it came to um, like just visual and, and, and being in that creative, um, creative realm. So I was always a couple steps behind, and I figured, you know, as I'm looking for my next thing, and I was, I was inspired by his work, so one day I just, you know, bought a camera and started shooting and, you know, tried to get my, my chops up, and um, I don't know, here we are today, so. How long did it take you to, I guess two parts, how long did it take you to just kind of, like, get decent, and then how long did it take you to develop your own style? Because looking at your Instagram, you definitely have a distinct style, so I guess... What was that road like getting to that 
point where you are developing an actual skill set for this? I sucked. <laughs> I really sucked. That's for, the only place to start. Uh, I had no idea what I was doing for like the first, I don't know, good, good year. Uh, I would say in the, I, I think maybe two, two and a half years or so I've been doing it. Yeah. And I would say in the past, like, you know, six months to a year, that's where I really started um, like developing my skill set, developing my style, like really mastering, you know, how to use my equipment, outgrowing my equipment, getting new, you know, cameras, new, just, you know, new gear. So now more than ever, I feel really, really confident. And, you know, I'm at that level where I would say, you know, I'm a professional photographer, if you want to call it that, but I didn't feel that way for the longest time. So that didn't happen until very recently. What were the steps involved in actually becoming confident and skilled in that? Because, I mean, I'm sure part of it is just shoot every day, right? Like, I mean, that's the advice for everybody. It's like, if you right. want to become a better cook, cook every day, right? But, like, photography, just like anything else, it, it could be something that you take to, or it might be something that you put a lot of effort, or, you know, in general, someone puts a lot of effort to, and then they go, it's just not clicking for me. Yeah. You know? I've had a lot of those moments. I think in order to be really good at something, it requires a great deal of sacrifice more yeah. than anything, right? So like back to music, right? If I wanted to be like the best DJ or best producer, you know, I would have to sacrifice time. I'd have to cut out of work early. I'd have to, you know, break plans. I'd have to stay up late, stay up late or be, stay in on weekends and edit or something right, like that. Right. Yeah. And, and be tired and not see my family as much. And you know what? I thought it would, I mean, it definitely is easier with photography because you can go at your own pace and you're, not trying to break through in the same way that you would with music, but there is that level of sacrifice where it's like, man, as soon as I'm done with work, I got to jet, I got to cut to some show, I got to meet up with an artist, I got to, you're hustling constantly. So yeah. I think more than anything, you know, time management, being able to juggle like a million things at once, I mean, that's, those are huge steps. And those are kind of like essentials at really any creative craft. Like there's definitely certain, I mean, photography has its very distinct elements, but then at the end of the day, like invoicing clients, like, you know, time management, those are the things just are useful in any creative industry. Like, I guess, and looking at the client side, like, did you feel like you had to start all over again, like building a client base outside of your nightlife music? Or was there an overlap of like, you were able to tap into those contacts you already had? There, there was some overlap. Um, initially, n not really. Um, just I had no idea what I liked to shoot, what I wanted to shoot, so it was very experimental. But uh, if you go through my, my, my recent work, a lot of it is focused on um, like capturing artists during their performances like, like at, at venues. So I was able to tap into the venues that I used to DJ at, and now I shoot photos at. And it's, it's kind of one of those tables of turn things and in my favor. So, yeah. Well, and I think this is something that's going to happen or come up a lot tonight in all the interviews we have here. Uh, Chicago's a small community. So it's like if you're in that creative space, you're probably going to just know those people regardless and then be like, well, now I'm in this side of it, but I still want to be involved. That is 100% it. Like with Autograph, that's a perfect example. You right. DJ with them. Now I shoot photos for them, so yeah. yeah, it's amazing. And you know, if you're good in the scene and you're good to people, then it, you know, they'll be that same way, and you can continue to develop. Absolutely. So you know, before the mic was on, you and I were talking, and, and we were kind of comparing, like, amusingly, that like you were saying, like, oh man, I want to move into video, and I was like, I would like to get better at photography. So, do you consider yourself somebody who maybe every, let's say, two to four years is going to be like? transitioning into a different creative field or do you think photography is the main thing you're going to stay in and then you're going to venture into other things here and there? 
I've always been a person that has just been like good at like one thing in one particular part of my life, you know? Right. Um, I don't know if that, if that makes sense, but yeah. you know, I've always really easily picked up skills and I kind of get obsessive over like certain things, right? So like for a while it was music, now it's photo. I think video is what makes sense for me going forward just because... Well, and video drives everything now. Everything. And it's just so big. Now that I've started to pay more attention, even it's like when I'm watching TV and I see like a cool commercial, I think of like, okay, I have a basic understanding of how this video was made, but not really at all. And I'm just like, the more you look into it, there's so many layers and that's something that just I, I really want to get into. I think that's a great field for you to go into. Uh, bring us into some of the artists that you have worked with on the photography side, because looking through your Instagram, there are so many artist shots here, and they're really stylized. Like, you know, it's very identifiable if you look at this, who your actual, like, where your style is. So I know that you just did, for example, the Lyrical Lemonade event, which, uh, what was that like? Let's, let's go into the Lyrical Lemonade event. That was, it was crazy. I mean, there's, it, it was all ages. So, you know, for me being almost 30, you know, I felt like a fossil and there's kids who are like 14, 15 years old that are just like pressed up against like, you know, the banister. Right. Um, and I, you know, I have a couple crowd shots of just like these kids like eating it up and I'm thinking like, man, that used to be me when I was like know graduating school and just getting into music and like kind of finding my own identity and then you're like i could never be at the front of a band like no now. i'm like no I, I have to be on the other side there's no way that i, I can be like pressed up short of like kanye west fronting nirvana i'm not going to the front of anything yeah. you know what i mean like if that show happens i'm like sure put me in yeah. but like other than that event which will never or maybe anything's possible now but like yeah it's just i look at that and i'm like i could not you know it's it's too hot. There's too many people. Yeah. And I, I definitely... I'll, I'll backtrack a little bit. Um, so for one of my more recent shows that I shot, I wasn't even supposed to shoot it. I wasn't even supposed to bring a camera and finesse my way in. Uh, but it was the Travis Scott um, Astroworld yeah. album release party, listening party. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> there was this girl who, like, threw up right by where they were going to be sitting, like, in, like, the VIP, like, oh. booth area. And that just happened to be exactly where I needed to stand in order to, like, get my photos. <laughs> oh, no. So for, like, the majority of the night, I'm, like, getting, like, tossed around like a rag doll, like, you know, by, like, people who are way taller than me. And we're and just standing in vomit. I'm, I'm, I'm standing in vomit, and I, I smell it. And, you know, but it, it's, one, it's one of those things where it's, like, okay, I took, like, I don't know, 300 terrible, terrible photos. And I'm looking through because they're all blurry and shaky right. and the lighting's awful. But then I have, like, two or three, like, gems. And I'm, like... All right, that was worth it. I'm like, it beat was up. worth it. I'm, swe- I'm sweating. I'm dying, but like, that was worth it. So, if yeah. you're standing in the vomit, like, of some teenage girl to get your shot, like, I feel like you have made the commitment. That is your craft. Yep, I'm, I'm a very, very aggressive <laughs> photographer. Now, something I'm seeing with a lot of your photos is there's a really, I think, incredible use of light. And the way that you were saying, like, you watch video and you're like, how do they do that? Or you start to think about how they do that. As somebody who has worked in the broadcast and audio realm for 20 years, I look at a photo like this digital dash Afro killer photo that you have up on your site. And I'm like, how would you on Instagram? Like, how could you ever do like, how does that happen? Like, what kind of witchcraft do you do? So talk about your style, because it looks like lights play a big part of it. A lot of neon. Um, How did you develop your individual style with this? I'm I'm very obsessed with um, with like neon. I think that comes from. Like just I don't know, growing up watching anime and like 
traveling. Like I went to Hong Kong last year, and that's just like a neon city, right? That's yeah. That's what everything you know. That always that's always the iconography and the imagery you see from Hong Kong is all the neon, right? So that that's kind of just been like a driving. I don't, I don't even want to say like a photo aesthetic, but just like in my life, like that's just kind of like like um like insects are just drawn to like light. Like for right. me, it's like when I see neon, I'm just like, Ugh. you know. Yeah. Like when I'm driving around, um, like in Pilsen or you know wherever, you know, I'll spot some neons, and I usually like will pull my car over, drop a pin, try to get um, a good shot. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, I, you know, my my style does vary, you know, in in, ter- in terms of what I like to shoot. Um, but you'll see that there's kind of like this theme of like, you know, like dark contrast and like bright lighting and. Um, I think, hope, or at least hopefully, that carries through through my body of work. No, absolutely. So, you know, as somebody who has made the transition from the nightlife music realm into the photography realm, I guess, what advice would you give for anybody who's looking to move into photography, or like, or anybody who is kind of doing one creative craft and is thinking, like, you know, I kind of like to try that thing over there. I, you know what? That's a great question. I, because I'm in that crossroads myself with you know trying to get more involved in, in video. Um, and it's really easy to, to give advice to somebody, but it's a little bit harder to, to, to take your own advice. Oh, my God. No <laughs> one wants to take advice. Right, right, right. <laughs> they're like, listen, here's how you fix your life. And they're like, well, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm just no, crashing I'm and burning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's that dog image where everything's on fire. And it's like, this yep, is yep. fine. It, this yeah. is fine. Um, you know, I, I was actually having this exact conversation with one of my buddies who's like pretty well versed in video um, mm-hmm. yesterday. And, you know, I, I was giving him kind of like my like sob story I'm like oh man like I'd love to get into video but you know I gotta save up some more money so I can get this new like camera new computer and like I don't have enough time and what he said to me is you know there's 24 hours in a day everyone lives on the same 24 hours he's like I've gotten four hours of sleep for the past I don't even know how many weeks because I wake up at like you know four in the morning so I could just get all the stuff that I need to get done done in order exactly to live to live the dream and so you know You'll see like a, like a photo on like on the social media, right? And you're like, wow, that's a great photo, but then you don't realize, oh, this guy had to stand and vomit to get that photo, right? So Dude, yeah, <laughs> it's you know, I'll, I'll tell a quick story. It's like I um, the band Rise Against, the Chicago band Rise Against. Uh-huh. You know, when I worked in radio, we had a good relationship. I, I mean, I still have a good relationship with that band. But when I worked in radio, we had a good relationship with like their label, so we got to interview them a lot and things like that. And then once the radio station that I went off that I worked at went off the air. I like tried for about five or six years to get another interview with the band. And I'd see the band guys every year and a half out and around in Chicago. And I'd like, can we do an interview? They're like, yeah, absolutely, man. And then I hit up their people and I'm not knocking anybody's people. It was just hard to schedule. Yeah. And I finally got this interview with Rise Against the day before their album came out last summer, the day before their tour starts with the Deftones. We did it in a really nice hotel room. We like had listener, you know, like our viewer questions from the live stream. And it was a really cool event and they shared it on their Facebook page at the time that the broadcast was going out and it got 75,000 views and I bring this up not as any kind of humble brag or name drop but because people saw that and they were like that's really cool and I'm like dude this took six years to line up but no one sees the behind the scenes work it, at best they see the end product yes yeah so I would say so back to advice yeah um, don't focus on the, on the end goal as much I mean the end goal I like, have that in mind but like, what are you doing every minute, every hour of the day to make that end goal like a reality, right? So take it day by day, like do what you can and like be, be committed. So back to having that same 24 hours and every day, right? Like 
my typical day, it's like I, I, I run out of time. I don't have enough time to do all the things I want to do. Um, so you really have to force yourself to sacrifice, to make the commitment, to whatever it is that you're going to do, try to give that 100%. So. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. It's true. Um, how can people find your work? And if somebody wants to collaborate or hire you or, like, what are you looking for? Like, how can people get in touch and, and who are you looking for to reach out to you? So um, best way to reach me, uh, I, I pretty much quit Facebook. I quit a lot of like Twitter. I'm not on Twitter. I'm not really on Facebook. I'm just active on Instagram. I and think a lot of creatives at this point are primarily just, I mean, I love Twitter. Yeah. Twitter works very well for what I do. I'm on Facebook only because of the events, like the event pages. I do a lot of panels, so that works. But like if I could quit Facebook, oh my God, what a dream. But like I, I still like Twitter despite everything. Um, but Instagram seems to be like just where creatives live and thrive now. Yes. The reason for me, I got really tired of seeing everyone's opinion all the time about every topic. And I'm like, you know, Instagram. Poorly informed opinions. <laughs> like Instagram's just photos, just videos, like the things I want to see, I can kind of curate myself. Um, so if you're looking for my work, you can find it at Swaggerback on Instagram. That's no vowels, S-W-G-G-R-B-C-K. So Vowels are so like, Played I out. say at this point, yeah, vowels are done. So yeah, swagger back on Instagram and your work is really, really good. And, and who would you be looking for? You know, are you looking for brands to hire you? Are you looking for more artists to reach out? Like who would be the ideal? If you could get the best email tomorrow, who would that be from? Man, I would love, so I, I shoot a lot of rappers. Right. Um, and there's a ton, like my body of work, like my more recent body of work is just all rappers. Um, mm. I've done maybe like, one proper photo shoot um, with TM88 from 808 Mafia. Shout out 808 Mafia. And I would love to do more like editorial, more fashion, more like like an actual proper photo shoot than just shooting a, a concert. So yeah, um, something it, where you're maybe not standing in vomit, or you know, let's not get too lofty. Maybe standing in less vomit. Less vomit would be yeah. would be a good start. Yeah, yeah we'll start with less vomit. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. Um, this is killer. I'm glad we, start to, we started this conversation. This is a podcast that is an ongoing document of Chicago. So, man, I mean this. I would love to continue this conversation with you as you have new projects happening and or get you on a panel because I have a feeling we're going to do a lot of photography panels next year. So, man, let's keep the conversation going. I hope you'll come back to the mic. Absolutely. Uh, David Chang, uh, Swaggerback on Instagram. People can check out your work, Swaggerback with no vowels, man. Dude, thank you for coming up. I appreciate thank it, man. You. I appreciate it. Absolutely. All right. You've been listening to a production of Dynasty Podcasts. Find more Dynasty Podcasts at DynastyPodcast.com. For the dynamic dynasty, Dynasty Descend.